I'm SP from Better Podcasting, a show dedicated to help make your podcast better. And it is part of the Get a Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other insightful and wonderful geeky shows at guineageeknetwork.com. Welcome to episode 200 of Better Podcasting. On this show, we discuss that hobby podcasting still has value. In this week's Better Podcasting Download, we talk about a quick reversal by Pocket Casts. And finally, in this week's Better Podback, we hop into our time machine as we take feedback from our less experienced podcasting selves. Lauren, fire up that flux capacitor now. Welcome to Better Podcasting. With a combined history of over a thousand episodes, and starting as early as 2008, we are hobby podcasters through and through, just like you. That's why we are different. We minimize the money talk so that you can focus on building a better podcast. Here are the hosts for the show, Stephen John Drew and Stargate Pioneer. Welcome to episode number 200 of Better Podcasting. I am Stephen Jondra, and I am pleased to say that I have been podcasting for 200 episodes. I maybe missed a couple with the wonderful SP. Yeah, I have been podcasting for 200 episodes on Better Podcasting. It's been a fun four years, almost four years in a couple of weeks. And we have given a lot of great advice to a lot of hobby podcasters, a lot of podcasters in general. And what's best to me is that they have said thank you back to us over and over again. So we say thank you to you for listening to Better Podcasting. And this is going to be a fun one. It's going to be our episode 200. We're going to shake it up a little bit as we do about every 50 episodes. And we're going to have a little fun, especially at the end. So make sure you stay tuned to the feedback section at the end. By the way, for those of you who are wondering, yes, that is a new intro. It only took us 200 episodes to finally refresh that. Uh, Before we, though, get to our featured segment, we're not going to refresh our openings. No, we usually kick off our episodes with a how I save my podcast story. That's a segment we like to do at the beginning, and we think it works super well. So we're going to go ahead and leave that at the start of the show starting next week. Uh, This week, we're going to omit it because we have sort of some how I could hopefully save my podcast stories slash if you want to go ahead and look at it from now and current times, how I did save my podcast stories from ourselves back in the day. So it's going to get all crazy in the better pod back this week as we look down memory lane with our past selves. But if you have something that went wrong with your podcast and you fixed it, let us know what did you do? How did you make that better? Get in touch with us through any of the ways because we would absolutely love to hear from you and hear how you saved your podcast. Email us podcast at betterpodcasting.com. We do have a full video companion to this show. So if you want to send us a video clip, that would be great. But really, the big thing we want you to do is tell us the name of your podcast because we'd be happy to promote it on a future show when we do share that. We actually have a How I Save My Podcast story in the hopper for next week, and we look forward to playing that. SP, should we go ahead and get into our featured segment? Let's talk about some hobby podcasting. Hey guys, it's our 200th episode of Doing Better Podcasting. 
Now, we created Better Podcasting as a resource for hobby podcasters. And back in 2014, 2015 timeframe, we saw a lot of podcasting podcasts focusing on making money with the podcast. And we wanted to create a podcast that was specifically dedicated to the hobby podcaster. But here's the thing. Over the last 200, podcasting has evolved a lot. And the thing is, there's a lot more focus on business than there used to be in podcasting. Take a look at some of the big names that have come into podcasting. You have companies like Spotify and SiriusXM getting involved. You have iHeartRadio saying they've invented podcasting. So yeah, you have a lot of that going on. But look at some of the platform changes. Whether people want to admit it or not, Anchor is a bit of an example of some of the changes as well. Now, Anchor came into the space, and even with all of their cons, they made a name for creating an easy way to create and monetize podcasts. And even though the monetization option for true business podcasts is a little lacking in some ways on Anchor, their model moves some hobby podcasters towards the business side of podcasting. Now, we mention this because we believe that the reality is that the podcasting space is rapidly moving towards a space where business takes extreme dominance. It wasn't always like this. There was a time where a lot of hobby podcasters were doing it just for fun, and making a true business podcast was difficult. It's just not the case anymore. So the question is, does hobby podcasting still matter? Well, we're going to answer this, and spoilers, we'll just do this right now. Largely because you can look at the title of this episode and see what we are going to say. Yes, we believe hobby podcasting still has value. So there you go. Let's move on to the better podcasting down. Look, okay. It'd be silly if we did that. So (laughs) today we're going to go through some of the reasons why we think hobby podcasting still matters. Before we get there, though, we're dedicating an entire episode to this. So why does this even matter? Well, first, As a hobby podcaster, it can sometimes be a little deflating to see all of these business podcasts coming into the space, especially if they're bringing a following with them. It can also be a little bit deflating if a business podcast comes into your specific niche and does the job a little bit worse, but manages to still take a large chunk of that listener base. It can be a little deflating. Well, We think that it's important as hobby podcasters that you continue to understand your worth so that you don't end up feeling like you need to give up on things. This is something that we want to highlight because when you do have all of these businesses coming in, sometimes it can just be a little deflating to you and you should know that you have value. Don't pack it in. Keep on going. Have some fun. And that's why we want to talk about this today. And of course, another reason that we want to is because we personally just want to talk about this. This is episode number 200, and we have been waving that hobbyist flag for 200 episodes, so let's bloody well make an episode dedicated to the worth of the hobby podcaster on our milestone 200th episode. So let's go ahead and get into it right now. Let's get into some reasons why we think that hobby podcasting is still fun and has value in 2019. First up, Hobby podcasting gives you an avenue to have a voice that you might not normally have. Podcaster listenership as a whole is on the rise, and this means that there are always new ears coming to listen to podcasts. Whatever topic that you've chosen for your podcast, it's probably something that you're passionate about. Picture for a moment your niche. Now, picture you going to talk 
about that topic with a group of friends at lunch or in the bar after work or whatever, or better yet, you just head downtown to the streets. How many people are you connecting in each of those scenarios? Even in your group of friends, the odds are that there's somebody who is secretly uninterested in what you're talking about, waiting for you to stop talking so they can move on with something that they're interested in. This is not because everybody is against you. It's just because people don't have all the same interests as you. But with podcasting, people are subscribing to the shows that they like, the topics that they like. They're seeking out these podcasts, although some listeners won't like your particular show and they may even disagree with your opinions that you have. The bottom line is that people who check out your show are interested in the same topic that you've picked for your show. If it's politics, they're interested in politics. If it's sci-fi, they're interested in sci-fi. People that are not interested in podcasting are not going to listen to a podcast about podcasting. That's just an example. This audience interest is a huge opportunity that is difficult to get elsewhere. Now, you can offer advice and opinions that are not biased by business needs as well on your show, right? Like any business, podcasters that are podcasting for business reasons ultimately share a key goal, which is money. No matter what the business is, there's always a motivation to make money. Now, we can't fault them for this either, because if there wasn't a drive to make money, that it's not a very good business, and they're probably going to go out of business relatively soon. Note, organizations are different. So we're going to differentiate between businesses and organizations at this point in time. Uh, This means that sometimes content of podcasts can sometimes be slanted towards a business need with a business podcast. Now, us hobbyists, on the other hand, are able to skirt this need with our content creation. When we chose to podcast as a hobby, we knew it was going to cost us some level of money, and we've accepted that. Because we're putting money into podcasting rather than taking it out, we have no motivating business reasons to affect our content. An example that comes to our mind with this was here on Better Podcasting. We took a little bit of heat recently within the last year talking about a piece of hardware that was released within the last year. We won't name what that is, but it made a lot of podcasters turn their heads. But it seemed like a lot of people who were reviewing this product were were gushing all over it. They thought that it was really, really good. There was a lot of positive things coming out of the, the discussions and the reviews. We had some specific issues. Now, we didn't end up actually imagining this. We confirmed other people had these same sort of issues that we had seen with this piece of hardware. And afterward, it seemed clear that we did not imagine this either because the company ended up coming out with some major changes that ended up fixing some of these issues within the updates. Well, the thing is, we got word that a lot of these reviewers, a lot of these people that were gushing all over it, were essentially gifted said item. And so was that something that impacted the review? Maybe. We can theorize. We can't say for sure. But it's an example of something where it seemed like maybe there was a little bit of smoke and maybe there was fire. So it's just an example that we have here where our personal hobbyist point of view, we invested in it ourselves. It ended up giving a little bit different of an opinion than some of the other ones that were out there. But another reason that hobby podcasting is relevant is because there's a lot of good skills and experiences that you as a hobby podcaster are getting that maybe you can use elsewhere in your life. 
You could be building a resume in case you ever want to go pro. That's one example. Or maybe you want to go ahead and use these skills elsewise in your professional life. Personal example that I have is I was able to use my history of podcasting and video production on this show here to land a role within my organization that was new, and I could really leverage those skills so that I could be the successful candidate for that job. Another more direct example is past guest of the show, Cody Goff. He used his podcasting history to land him with a startup company to being a professional podcaster. And there is a social media aspect of it, but the large role there is the professional podcaster. So it is things like this where it is direct examples of taking those skills and applying it to your professional life, but there's also indirect examples as well. And we've talked a little bit about some of these things before that there is a lot of things that go into putting together a podcast every single episode. There's a lot of fine details that you have to do each episode. For example, recording audio, brainstorming the idea, researching the topic, posting it, promoting it, putting it all together in one nice package. There's a lot of little things that go into that. Well, the odds are you've gotten better at these little things throughout your podcasting history. And this actual experience with growth and growing your skills is huge. This is something that you have put your mind to being a hobby podcaster and you've been able to achieve it. As a hobbyist, the odds are a lot of this was self-taught by seeking out the knowledge. You probably haven't hired a podcast consultant. This is something that you've put money into your own show, so you probably don't have a spare budget for these things. And you've been the one that have gone and looked up this information and these resources, maybe this show, in order to learn how to do podcasting. And you should be proud of the fact that you've been able to use those skills yourself. And this is huge. The next time you're looking to enhance your skills elsewhere, think about what you've accomplished as a hobby podcaster. Maybe there is something in your professional life that you want to learn a little bit more how to do. Think about what you have learned yourself with hobby podcasting and have the confidence that you'll be able to figure that out elsewhere in your life. I just wanted to point out, since I have a few advanced degrees, that these self-learning is the crux of being able to go out and get a master's degree or a PhD. It's figuring things out on your own. It's finding, it's researching the information and putting it to application. So yes, podcasting is a huge thing for you to have figured out. It's a great accomplishment and definitely hold on to that. Another reason hobby podcasting is still relevant is because the scope of distribution is evolving and it's not all going in the directness of businesses. An example of this is Google search results indexing. We've talked about this before on the show. For a long time, Apple Podcasts was the go-to location. Because of the controlled nature of the Apple Podcast directory, Apple eventually gave into the business and developed Podcasts Connect. If you think about this, this really was an advantage for the business side of things. A lot of it focused around listening and downloading traffic and the stats behind that. There was also a lot of other people that looked at what Apple Podcasts offer, and they looked towards working towards exploiting it for themselves to help their business. Google came in a couple of years ago and decided they were going to take an approach where they decided how and what podcast content would show based on their search engine. 
While you look at SEO in general and see all sorts of examples on how businesses can win over the little guy, the reality is that there are all sorts of examples of the little person still showing up in podcast search. How often have you come across news or articles during a search that comes from a small independent website or a small news source in a small town? Not very, right? There are so many big businesses with search results in Google, and it's really quite remarkable that people still come across these search results from smaller podcasting sources. In theory, the same could apply for podcasting with Google's model, and you have the news, and then you have podcasting, and the iteration is that Google is helping podcasting, so that's great. But ultimately, the fact that Google decided that they were going to take their own approach shows that there are still big players entering into the podcasting space, making their own decisions, not just whatever the podcast norm currently is. Another reason that hobby podcasting is still relevant is because you, as a hobby podcaster, are helping keep the industry grounded. It's really easy to look at big businesses coming into podcasting with thousands of dollars and pour them into production and see what sort of impact they sometimes have on the podcast industry. As a hobbyist, you're continuing to create great quality on a hobbyist budget, something that really represents that roots of podcasting, which was authentic people with authentic opinions doing this from sort of the ground up. If we don't all continue to wave that hobbyist flag and be proud of what we're accomplishing, we're going to let all of that expensive production and those hundreds and thousands of hours into production take over. And we want to go ahead and we think that you should keep keep the industry grounded by waving the hobbyist flag and showing that things can be done on a hobbyist budget. Lastly, we want to talk about the fact that hobby podcasting is fun. And it is because your hobby, right? Even if you only have a few listeners, as long as you're enjoying what you're doing, it's still relevant to you. So basically what we're saying, it's fun because it's fun, but it's important that we highlight the fun aspect of hobby podcasting because as a hobbyist of anything, your net goal is personal enjoyment. And if you achieve that, then you're reaching your ultimate goal. Hobby podcasting is no different. Your personal enjoyment with hobby podcasting makes hobby podcasting personally relevant. How many more times can I say hobby podcasting is fun? <laughs> so those are some of the reasons we think hobby podcasting is still relevant and some of the reasons it's still fun. What are your reasons that you like to hobby podcast? And what are some of the things that you can think of that makes hobby podcasting still relevant? Please get in touch with us through any of the ways we would love to hear from you. You can go ahead and reach us at facebook.com slash better podcasting. Go to twitter.com slash better podcasting or send us an email to podcast at betterpodcasting.com. And if you have a chance, come over to our discord at betterpodcasting.com slash discord. We got a fun community over there. This is the better podcasting download. Last week, we had a news item pop up and it popped up the day that we were recording and we wanted to talk about it. We did a poll with our audience. They wanted to talk about something else. So we went with it and it was a good thing because a day later, the news item changed. So thank you very much, audience. You saved us from having to correct ourselves from last week. And it's not really a correction. It was an evolving story. What we're talking about is Pocket Cast came out. 
and said, we're going to make it free. But a lot of people that paid for the app were definitely, mm, how do you call it, Stephen? Mm. Unhappy. Yeah, okay, unhappy. There you go. They're unhappy with it because they paid for it and they paid for a lifetime and they were not happy with the fact that it was free. So what happened is they were going to charge a recurring fee to go ahead and, and do some of the more advanced options. And this time, uh, the Pocket Cast came back and they listened to all the feedback and they said, yeah, we heard you. It's going to be completely free for everybody. Uh, for if you paid for it in the past, we're just going to get you an indefinite license, basically. So I think that's pretty cool for, for the audience. Personally, from a business perspective, I can see why they need to charge money. Otherwise, they go out of business and they can't develop cool new options. But that is them bending to the fact that they had promised it was going to be free for people or not paid for people that had paid the uh, indefinite fee before. So I like this. I'm wondering how they're going to pay for future development other than bringing on new customers that hadn't paid for it before. So they're really striving to enhance their business model now and try to get new customers. Uh, Pocket Cast is one of the primary apps that people consume podcasts on Android devices. So I'm looking forward to seeing what's done with this. It's been equated to me to Overcast on the iOS system, which I really enjoy. I was using it today, as a matter of fact. And I'm looking forward to seeing how PocketCast and anybody else that comes along increases and enhances the Android listening experience. Yeah, I'm not surprised to see this happen because of the fact that there is such a big market share that they've got with the Android market. Like This is absolutely something that they have a pretty good stronghold on that. And for them to all of a sudden have this backlash that they had last week, it's a smart, smart decision because if all of a sudden they have all of these long-term people leaving, even though they're not going to get money from them um, by giving them free licenses, the thing is they're still advocates for their product. And so this, I think, makes a lot of financial sense for them to do this. However, I think long-term, that's the question, is how do they make this sustainable? And the thing is with the recurring, the subscription model and and any software that's gone this way, they generally have an idea of where they want to go with their product. I think what we see now, in my opinion, is not the end point. We're seeing sort of a comparable uh, offering right now to their previous model. But that subscription, that recurring money can go ahead and fund future development, which maybe there's more tiers, maybe there's a higher price tag, whatever it is. A lot of products that have gone to the subscription model, you've seen that happen where they've offered more or they've changed uh, sort of pricings. So I, I won't be surprised if we see that coming in the next you know few years with this, but they got to do something. Obviously, they they weren't making money the, the to what they wanted the other way if they're going and they're changing this. One of the things that I did enjoy about the Pocket Cast Plus in their announcement, their first announcement, was that you could upload a file and listen to it in the places that you would listen to it. And as a hobby podcaster or any podcaster, actually, that's invaluable. So you can go ahead, you can record your podcast, you can edit it, produce it, 
And then before you upload it to your RSS feed, you can upload it to Pocket Cast. And you can do the same thing with the paid tier of Overcast. You can upload it to Pocket Cast and then you can listen to it in different environments where you normally would listen to your show talking about cars or maybe the subway if you're commuting through earbuds, the gym, that sort of thing. And you can get a sense of what the podcast actually sounds like. So I do like the fact that they're moving towards these sorts of capabilities with Pocket Cast and whatever they call it in the future. I don't know if they're going to keep the name Pocket Cast Plus or not. I think they are. But whatever they call it in the future, I think it's going to be a great capability for any podcaster, especially hobby podcasters. Do you use Pocket Cast? Let us know. Uh, we have actually a lot of people who are chiming in about this on our Discord server. So it's always a good community to be a part of to talk about these things as they happen. I think that's actually where I saw both links first. So I think I saw it there bef just before Chris Farrell, our wonderful co-host over on the GuineaGeek.com show, let me know about it. I think Discord just slightly edged him out. Let's go ahead and move on to a special Better Podback. This is where we here at Better Podcasting turn the show over to you as we run through some of your feedback. We call this segment Better Podback. If you're new to the show, the Better Podback section is usually where we go and we take all of this feedback happening in our Discord server, emailed to us from Johnny Pennington, sent to us video clips from other people, and, and we compile it all together and recap the previous week in your podcasting life. Well, having a milestone episode of number 200 here, we thought we should take some feedback from ourselves. We've made it no secret that we have evolved over the years as podcasters, and that's one of the reasons why we talk about all of this stuff, because we like to share what we've learned and what we know. And so we did. We called up Doc Brown. We got in his time travel machine, and we got some feedback from ourselves at different stages within our podcasting endeavors. And uh, go ahead and turn it over to SP here to read out the first one, which comes from a very, very... um handsome individual. I'm not sure about the looks of the individual because there was no picture associated with the <laughs> feedback. So here, here's what the feedback is. Hey guys, I'm currently recording a podcast with two other people. Right now we're using two SingStar microphones and another generic microphone that I found. Right now I'm considering buying a slightly better microphone or a Behringer mixer. The microphone is a 30 microphone and the mixer is used. So also 30. So I'm thinking that's $30. I have some co-hosts that over talk me and I'm thinking the mixer will allow me to pan them to the left and leave me on the right. I know you guys highlight recording good quality, but I feel like the mixer might be a better investment at this time because the mic isn't anything stellar. And this is circa 2009 ish. I think that that's really worth noting because this uh, this hobby podcaster that might rhyme with me bin Mondru, it was mine, uh, didn't have the option of what we recommend now, the Audio-Technica ATR2100 or the AT2005 or the Samson Q2U. That wasn't available back then. And SP, this was my feedback. You go ahead and give me feedback. Give me advice. Give me advice here, SP. Well, I would think that as long as the microphones are dynamic cardio microphone, you're going to get the best isolation that you can with them. I think, you know, using the mixer to pan left and right, 
would put the individuals on separate tracks if you're recording in stereo. And I think that could be great. But if you're doing multiple co-hosts, like more than two, you're at a point where you're only going to be able to do so much. So I think you need to talk to your co-hosts above anything else and try to really attack this over-talk situation. And there are going to be times when you're joking and laughing around that you're going to over-talk each other. But if you can train each other just to wait until the other one speaks, then you're, or maybe change the flow of your podcast where it's more of a panel directed by a moderator rather than a little back and forth, then that would train everybody to talk when the moderator is saying, hey, look, this is your question now. And what do you think about it? And I think that would help the overtalk more so than a change in hardware. Although if you're having issues getting listenability with the microphones, you might want to upgrade slightly your microphones. Like today, if you had that same issue and you couldn't do a USB, the Behringer XM8500, which is roughly $20-$25, would be a good, decent selection to use. All right. So where I ended up going with this back in the day was I, I went with the audio mixer because I didn't... Um... I couldn't train them. I, I couldn't train the co-host. So, yeah, okay. so I ended up going with that and panning it and then being able to shuffle them because it was weird. There was three of us, but it was always the two of them over talking me. Maybe that was my cue to shut up, but uh, that was the way it was. So it worked out. I put me on left, put them on the right and it worked out. So it did work. It, it did work out for, for, okay. you know, the episodes we had, which I have, I have a suspicion we might get to the tail end of that Stevens podcast run in a minute here. Okay. The next one comes from a young Stargate pioneer. He was fresh out of college. That's not true. <laughs> and he said, Steven and SP, I just started podcasting and I wanted my voice to sound deeper like it sounds with radio broadcasters on the local FM rock stations. So when I recorded my first episode, I cranked the low EQ up all the way. I thought it sounded great until I heard the recording. It was all muddled and boomy. It was horrible to listen to. Can you guys help me figure out a way to fix this to make the podcast listenable? I'm fearing any potential subscriber will just turn it off and leave a bad review. Help me, guys. You are my only hope. Wow, SP, uh, writing us, telling us that we're our, our only hope. That's very interesting. All right, let me start off with the advice dispensing here. First thing that I'm going to suggest that you do is, number one, do some sample recordings before your next show, okay? You're going to work to fix this podcast. You're going to make sure you, you, you fix this. But think about your next recording session. And number one, do some sample recordings and play it back until you get it dialed in to where you want. If you're comfortable with software equalization, I would say do that instead of doing it in your actual recording. You and me, we can get into that in the future if you want. But... That is something that I would say, try to EQ it in a place that you can un-EQ it should you want, like in software, and leave it fairly flat. But let's say you don't have that option. Definitely do the samples, play some things back, try it in a few different ways in order to try to make it sound to a level that you're more comfortable with going forward. And then the other thing that I want to go ahead and suggest right now is get a little comfortable with that software option because that's what you're going to probably need to help try to correct the recording that you have now 
you're going to want to go and try to roll off some of that base, increase some of that high, and a little compression might also be able to help as well. Sometimes the compression will bring things out that you don't hear in there. And when all else fails, get back in your time travel machine, go to the future and pay yourself thousands of dollars for SP to fix it. <laughs> That's pretty much what happened. <laughs> so... For years, uh, what we were talking about is Starling Tribune episode one through five or so. I might have gone even more than that. But the very first episode of Starling Tribune, I had my Behringer 802 mixer and my Behringer 1800S microphone, and I just cranked the bass on it. And so when I took over Starling Tribune and I started producing it from, from that aspect, you know, I can't fault Nightwing at all for having to deal with that. He actually talked to me. He's like, dude, you need to turn that down. That's incredible. He actually talked to me while we were recording. He said, dude, you need to turn it down. So I turned it down. But as the recording went, I kept on nudging it up, nudging it up. And I know from a producer standpoint, that probably irritated him to no end. So thank you very much, Nightwing, for dealing with that. But what I did years later when I was producing the show is I went back to the original recordings. I remastered the episode. And what I ended up doing is I cut off all the bass and I tried to accentuate anything that was treble or higher frequencies. And it's just to this day, it's available. The remastered version, Starling Tribune episode number one, you can listen to it and just listen. If you don't care about Arrow, don't worry about it. Just listen to my voice and see how bad it sounds compared to how I sound today. I was not able to completely correct it. It is more listenable. It is not just a continual boom, but man, that was a lot of work just to try to get it listenable. And I feel for anybody that has to deal with that. All right. Why don't you uh, go and read out the feedback from myself from the tail end of that series that was my first ever podcast. All right, here we go. Hello, SP and SJ, longtime listener, first time emailer. I started a podcast about music with some friends and I'm having issues with my co-hosts. It's been 11 months since we started and we barely have gotten out 12 episodes. Every time I try to schedule a recording, my co-host seems uninterested. I'm thinking of starting a podcast with some online friends about comic books. I'm not as interested in that, though, but do like them enough to sustain a podcast. Do you have any advice? All right. 14 months. I might have said 11 before. It's been 14 months since we started and barely have gotten out 12 episodes. That's less than an episode a month, which if that's your speed, okay, I get it. But we've noticed that most people tend to grow their audiences if they are able to get an episode out weekly. Now, this is not the same with all podcasts. If you're an audio drama, you're doing a series, then you're doing a season, and then there's a lot of time off, and then you do a season just like a TV show. So yeah, I get that. And then also, if you're doing uh, anything seasonal, like if you're doing a podcast on a TV show, you might just want to do it in the season that it's in. So I could see not doing every week an episode because there's just going to be some times that you can't do that. But for the most part, doing an episode a week or a day to get in everybody's normal routine is probably going to be the best thing for you in order to grow your audience. So with that, if there's anything that you could do to increase that, that would be good, including 
changing your podcasting from the original crowd, which does not sound like everybody's in the same camp there. Not everybody's thinking the same thing. And I would go ahead and try something else. It's okay to end a project to start a new one that might be a little bit more successful. I wouldn't want to do this every week, every month. You need to give your podcast some time, some tracks in order to get some traction. But if it's not working out after a year, I think it's okay to change up things and go with the people with the comic books. Now, when you do that, I would set expectations up front. I would get in writing who's in charge of what and then what the expectations are of everybody that is involved. That way, it saves you from having to deal with trying to get people to come into the podcast. And I've heard of people writing in, if you don't show up and you get three strikes and you're out, you're fired. And even if it's a hobby podcast and there's no money going back and forth, it just accentuates the fact that you need to be in on the project. So I, yeah, I think that's that's the way to do. And by the way, uh, knowing what Steven did, I think he made the right decision. That is what I did. Yes, I, I did abandon it and moved on to a comic book podcast. And honestly, I, I don't lo- regret that at all. It was a much better team support. I learned a lot more. I evolved a lot more. And whilst I did lose the whole face-to-face interaction, I, I again, I don't regret it at all. And I, I really enjoyed that comic book podcast for a lot of the run. There was a few few bumps, but we'll leave it at that. <laughs> The next one that we have here is from Stargate Pioneer. Stargate Pioneer. And it says, hello, better podcastingers. I started podcasting about a year ago and have been using Skype and other software recorders like Zencaster while recording over the internet with my friends. But recently, when Windows updated, we've been having problems getting a decent recording. The audio is either garbled or horribly out of sync. We've lost several recordings and it's getting to us. Re-recording entire episodes takes out all of the spontaneity. And even when we do successfully record, it's not as good of a show. What can we do to get a good recording to ensure we keep podcasting? Oh, I remember when you had these Skype recording issues. I totally remember these. Yeah, and I threw in Zencaster in here just because it is a modern example. Zencaster was not available when I was, it was just Skype recorders and I was using MP3 Skype recorder. And eventually I went to Ever, which was a little less of a problem. But basically what solved all of this is we got a hardware recorder. I got a Zoom H6 and everything was recorded to it. The incoming audio might not have been that great, but if everybody recorded their double ender or multi-ender on there, and I would be able to slide the shifted audio around because even today when somebody records on audacity odds are there'll be some sort of time shifting that we'll have to do afterwards in post in order to get everything lined up it happened to me this week with legends of shield but having that hardware recorder enabled the capture of the audio and the hardware recorder was a backup when it first came into my studio and it very quickly, like within like three weeks became my main recorder and it has been my main recorder ever since. And I really do like that. Now I know that there are an increase in the uh, recorders, the software recorders like cast, like squad cast, like uh, clean feed out there today. Some of them have issues. Some of them are 
rock solid for people. I think it depends on the internet connection. I think it depends on the computer being used, and I think it depends on the software being used. Uh, but I would still advocate for those people that are having great luck with their software recorder that they use a hardware backup. And I know it's more money. Like even a Zoom H5 is two fifty, and it is just such a lifesaver. I we have saved so many podcasts by having backup recorders, either software or hardware. That I just I can't not recommend it. So yep, that's what happened there. And once I switched to the Zoom H6, then my quick calls for desperation help to Stephen <laughs> ended. Uh, also, by the way, before we get off of this here, we do have a live chat because we stream this live on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern at Geeks.Live. And uh, we have actually Zandrak saying, so a lot of software makers are going to get angry calls from Mac users because the programmer programs no longer work with Macs? Question mark. I have heard of the Mac software recording to be more scarce compared to Windows. So I wouldn't be surprised if there was an issue. And I just wanted to mention that right now because I know that that is something that we've had some Mac users write in here and there about that as well. So I think the problem lies on both Windows and Mac, but I know there are still options that do work for both. And I, I think a lot of these new cloud services are designed to be web-based so they can work on multiple uh, hard, pieces of hardware. M mobile, Mac, Windows, yeah, yeah all, all of those. Hey, we got another one. A, from a listener, he says, hey, you two, I currently do a podcast and sometimes we want to play music clips so we can comment and critique them. Is this OK? I feel like it's fair use. Stephen, I don't sure it's fair use. Matter of fact, we've heard recently that the bots are a coming to podcasting. These are bots that you've seen use in YouTube quite a bit. And if you're not a YouTube creator, maybe you haven't run into this. But YouTube has these bots that will literally go over both the video and the audio and then both of them together to determine if you're using a copyrighted piece of audio slash video slash both. And then they you get a copyright strike against you and you have to uh, defend it if it's your own stuff. There's a whole litany of stuff that happens with that. I'm not going to get too far into it on this podcast. However, I will say that same technology is coming to podcasts and it's going to be applied to podcast directories. So if you are in Apple Podcasts, if you are in Spotify, especially Spotify right now, they seem to be on the lead of everything. If you are on Pandora, they are going to be bots that will determine if you have copyrighted music in there. If you're only playing a section to critique it of music, I'm telling you right now, that is not going to be a long-term solution for you. You might get a cease and desist, and worse yet, you might get a bill for every time you've used a certain snippet of music, even if it's that four seconds. I mean, fair use is a defense. It means you have to go to court to use fair use, and I'm not so sure you can. Yeah, I have to say that way back in the day when a young Steven was considering doing this, things were different back then. And I think like... Uh, the big defense you get a lot of, we'll say, confident podcasters who want to bank on that fair use. A lot of the things that they say they highlight is the fact that where are the legal cases? Where is the history of podcasters being sued? And when you look into that, the reality is, as of this recording in 2019, the only lawsuits are generally big companies that have been doing things for a very long time. That's where it currently stands 
right now. Will it change in the future? I'm always worried about that. So that's why I wouldn't do it myself. But the thing that I think really you want to consider here, especially if you want to go and, you know, buy into that logic of where are the lawsuits is getting pulled down because a lot of hosting providers have an obligation where if they get a notice to them, they have to pull down an episode. And I wouldn't want to have that. I wouldn't want all of a sudden my episode to be pulled down by my hosting provider because of this or the automated tools pulled out of a directory or whatever. And, you know, once it's out there, it's out there. And if all of a sudden an episode is pulled down because of a notice, now you got to go way back into your archives and re-edit it and put it up. You, a lot of times you want to just leave that in the past. So definitely, I think that that's something that you probably uh, should should be aware of the fact that this technology is coming, like SP said. The next one that we have right now is from SP. And he says, SP and Steven. So he keeps writing himself. My friends and I have been doing a podcast for a couple of years now on a TV show. We have a lot of fun discussing it and making predictions about the show and get a lot of great audience feedback and even some interaction with some of the actors and writers of the show. Recently, we've had a huge issue with our friend that produces the show. He's had some things happen in his life and his attention is no longer on the show. He's missed several recordings and is very distracted when he's there. Plus, it sometimes takes months episodes to get published the rest of us on the show love the show and want to keep it going but if we cannot all record together and have episodes published it just doesn't make sense that we should keep podcasting what can you suggest we do well the first thing that i want to mention right now is have the open conversation this is what i would say if you're in the situation sp which you were have the open conversation about this and offer to take over some duties if you all can because if you really want to go ahead and try to push this forward. Try to have that conversation where you can take some off of the plate and maybe it's the publishing because if the publishing is the holdup, well, if that person's not able to do that, the odds are their life is in chaos. Like you just said, there's probably going to be something that you're going to have to do to alleviate some of that stress for them so that you can go ahead and keep that uh, coming out as well. Maybe you can all band together so that you've got a plan of attack when they're not there so that you can keep that continuity and that flow because it can be tough if you're expecting somebody to be there moderating the show or whatever and then that moderator has gone, it can kill your flow. So I think that it's worth coming up with a plan for those episodes where that person's not there so that you do con continue to have your podcast flow in a smooth manner. That's my advice. SP, what did you do? <laughs> If I was doing it again, I might have done it a little bit differently now. But what we did is we tried to keep going without him for a while. The problem was when Nightwing wasn't around, it did take a while to actually produce the episodes. So the other issue was between Chris and I, we just didn't have the overhead to take over what's going on. And if this wasn't the producer of the show, what I've done in the past in other shows, I've just brought on another co-host and we've had the uh co-hosting duties assumed by the new person and everything worked out. But from the fact that you have the publisher, the producer of the show that's having issues uh, and the accounts are all in the producer's name, what we ended up doing is I offered to take over temporarily the show and said, it's yours if you want it back. And we went ahead and 
uh, banded together and we each took duties because none of us could take the entire show on. And then we brought in another co-host and we were able to keep going, keep the show going, which still goes to today. And I would have had more of a direct conversation with the producer probably earlier now than we did. And as it was, everything tended to work out. There was no written agreement. This is another example. There was no written agreement between the co-hosts. So this was us feeling out what was going on. And the producer did, in fact, give me the keys to the kingdom, gave me the RSS feed later on. I took over the RSS feed when it went to auction. And it was a fact that things were going on in Nightwing's life. And he didn't even realize that the URL had come up and it went to auction. So I grabbed it from auction and I've had it ever since. And I've had the RSS feed in the Libsyn account ever since. And the show has been on, ongoing ever since. But this was a tough situation, probably the toughest situation I've had in podcasting. And we were able to get through it largely because we still are friends to this day. I haven't talked to Nightwing in a while, but I could probably call him up tonight and say, hey, buddy, how's it going? And we kick off like nothing ever stopped between us. But yeah, it was a tough thing to go through. Nightwing's an awesome person. If you haven't had the chance to talk to him, he's actually made a joke of this. He goes, I come up with the ideas and then I give the podcast to other people because there's been a few like this over the years that that's happened. And, uh, you know, it's great that you and him still have that relationship and that it worked out in the end. And, uh, yeah, you know, you all stepped up. It's evolved a little bit since then. And it's, it's great to see that it continued on. What do we got next? We have an email from Steven and he said, I currently do a podcast. I've got a co-host recently used a voice pitch changer during an episode and it sounded terrible. The co-host denied it, but it was very apparent. And this came after a recent discussion with that host saying they didn't like how nasally they sounded. What should I do? Steven, I don't think we've ever actually talked about this. This wasn't me, was it? No, it wasn't. So this this is way back in the ether. I'm not going to say who it is. I'm not going to hint who it was. I'm not going to say whether it was my first one or gunnageek.com show. It could be any of these. Uh, okay. So here's the thing is this, this was an interesting conversation. And at the time, I wasn't taking control as much of the show as I, I should have. Um, I was a little more timid. There's a little bit of a hint. It wasn't it wasn't right now. Uh, I was a little more timid. And honestly, one of my co-hosts just just ended up at the time saying, don't do it. They just called him out flat out, said, don't do it. And the person denied it. But it never happened again. Now, if I was to be the one that's a little more confident now, uh, I would have have done it a little nicer and just explained. I understand you're not happy with your voice, but it doesn't sound very good you know, maybe relate it to the whole base thing that SP talked about earlier. It, it did not sound very good. And and obviously the method that was chosen at the time was successful because the point blank direct don't do it worked and it never came back. But it was awkward. It was a very awkward situation. And the reason I wanted to share this right now was not to throw anybody under the bus, but just to highlight some of the weird things that can come up occasionally when you are podcasting with others because you don't know. And, and I don't fault the person for lying. Because they, they obviously were a little self-conscious about their voice. They tried something. It didn't work out. They probably felt a little personally uh, attacked by the directness. And, you know, as somebody who does sometimes have confidence issues myself, I can understand that sort of gut reaction just to deny it and, and get out of the conversation. So I, I don't fault them at all. 
What I would suggest to that co-host nowadays is I would recommend that they would invest in something like a DBX286 because you can do soft changes to the EQ. That's one of the reasons I use it is I hate the sibilance in my voice. So I'm able to do the DSing through the 286 and my voice sounds a lot better without the Sing. And every time I go on the road and I have to use the AT2005 or the Samsung Q2U, great microphones. They're, they're great, but it reminds me of what my bass voice really is and how much I hate it <laughs> and how much I love being in the studio, being able to do that. And this gets to the point back when you said to my first issue, Stephen, of using EQ in post. If you get the co-host on their own track, you can EQ that track just as well as you could do it with hardware with the 286. So yeah, it's it's possible to help your co-host with their issues in post. The other thing that I want to say right now to do with all of this here is that in our live chat at Geeks.Live, uh, Bangs Naughty Bits has twice now suggested a solution of using shock collars. So obviously that's always a possibility too if you're able to hook your co-host up to shock collars. Thank you very much, Bangs. The opening scene of Ghostbusters comes to mind. <laughs> well, let's get back in that time machine and talk to Stargate Pioneer who says, hey guys, I just saw your show recommended on a Reddit post and started listening. Okay, SP, come on now. Now you're just tooting your own horn, SP. Come on now. <laughs> He goes, okay, I love your show, and it's really helped me think about making my show better. SP, this is just sad. I'll, I'll give you all the compliments you want. When I started <laughs> hey, okay, the show. Okay, <laughs> wait a minute. In my defense, when I was writing this, we didn't know if we were going to tell people in advance that we were writing these for ourselves or if they were just generic listeners, and then we would equate them to our own experience. So in my defense, that's how I wrote this. So stop knocking on me, Stephen. For the audio listener, SP is currently patting himself on the back. Uh, he said, when I started the show, I started recording by using a USB headset that work gave me. But I know it's not recording my full voice, plus the low puffs of air when I breathe or say words like please or buffet is really loud, especially when listening back to the show in my car. I don't have a ton of money to spend on new recording equipment, but I want to keep podcasting and keep getting better for my audience. I've heard professional audio gear costs thousands of dollars. What can I do under $100 to make recordings better? Well, I'll go ahead right now and say if you are having issues with a headset microphone, I know the era that we time traveled to for this Stargate Pioneer, and I know that the Audio-Technica ATR2100 was available as well as the Audio-Technica AT2005. And currently, I think overall internationally, the best deal is that Samson Q2U. I think that that's coming up more frequently as a better deal. And that would be what I would suggest you do. Don't bother buying another headset. Don't do it right now. You're going to spend more money than it's worth. You're not going to be happy with it still. Get yourself one of those there. That's going to be your best bet in my opinion. Right. So the Samsung Q2U, I don't think it was around back then, but the Audio-Technica ATR2100 was, and I wish I would have known about it when I started podcasting because I would have purchased it rather than use this LifeChat LX3000, which just sounds horrible in correlation. Actually, it doesn't sound as bad, but the 
artifacts of the microphone in proximity to your breath and to the plosives. It's just, it just sounds bad. So yeah, if you get a good USB dynamic cardioid microphone like we recommended, I think you're doing good. And from what I hear, more and more manufacturers are starting to produce more microphones that are in the large diameter dynamic broadcast USB market. So far, I've only seen in, in the past, there's really been only one that's in the affordable and it has been Rode with their uh, podcaster, I believe it was. And that just, I can't recommend that today, but in the future, it might be more beneficial to use USB microphone that's a broadcast dynamic. But today, those handheld ones are the way to go. And no, I would not recommend a headset. I've, I've heard a lot of people say, my co-host just doesn't stay on microphone. I want them to get a headset to stay on microphone, even with the broadcast headsets that you get. I mean, I've had one on the show before. It is not a perfect solution either. So if you can use a, a Q2U or an ATR2100 on a boom arm or a floor mount with a boom, I think you're doing great there. So yeah, our uh, first recommendation on the podcast, get an ATR2100. SP's second recommendation is to get a Blue Yeti and put it across the room from you. I think that's your second recommendation, isn't it? And then shoot it with a gun. <laughs> uh, why don't you take it to the final version of Time Traveling Steven? Okay, Time Traveling Steven said, I have a podcast that we've been doing for a while, but it's becoming progressively less fun. It seems like it's a chore to do now, and each week co-host engagement is fading. I've even got one co-host that has gone back and forth of continuing with the show. I think it's time to end the show and start a new one. I'm very drained, though, and I feel like I need a break. However, I recognize that I have a following and would like to leverage some of that. Suggestions? Interesting. Well, definitely, if you're going to change the show that you do, if you pivot to a new show, I would suggest doing something that you're very passionate about because you're going to need to be passionate to continue because you said you're drained a little. If you can afford a break, I would take a break, but you're absolutely right. That following seems to be more and more important as the podcasting space becomes more crowded. So if you've developed a following, you want to take advantage and leverage that for sure. But I would only do so if you're very passionate about a new project and that you think you can take it for the long term. Should I should I say what I did? Yeah, go. I was going to say, but I think this is up to you here. I kept doing better podcasting. Uh, I just decided to keep going. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, this was actually uh, the comic book podcast. There was a lot of things that kind of happened towards the end. We were doing one of the, the big core factors to that show that we did, the Fanboy Buzz podcast, was we did comic book reviews. And the draining part was reading several comics each week to talk about. And the, the thing was different hosts pick different comics. So sometimes there was weeks it's just like, I really don't want to read this. There's a lot of research involved and it just made more sense to start the gunnageek.com show. And uh, luckily I actually had one of my co-hosts from Fanboy Buzz come along. JS, he came along. Chris Farrell was a recurring host over there. And then I knew John D. Uh, Nightwing that we talked about earlier as well. And so uh, it worked out because there was a couple of us from that show that decided to do this new one. We got to talk about more than just comics. We still got to touch on comics, but we got to do more than that because it was general geekery. And now we've gone for 300 episodes. So it's it's been fantastic. It was a good move. And honestly, 
I have to say, I, I, I want to say something right now that is, is I've admitted offline, but I want to admit right now, I have barely read any comic books since then because it burned me out so bad. Uh, and, and I really liked reading comics. I really enjoyed it. But I just wanted to say that right now, because if you end up doing something too long as a hobby podcaster where it does feel very draining and you let that go on too long, it can burn you personally. And that did. It, it really burned comics for me for a long time. And and currently, yeah, and there's we have another example of that, which we'll probably save for another day. And yeah, I, I think you did the right thing here. And and Stephen, you want me just to read the last one here or do you want to go ahead? Read your last one, SP. I've been patting yourself on the back using your own feedback. You go and take the last one. Pat yourself. All right, Stephen and SP, you guys are the best. I've been podcasting for a few years now, and I wish I would have found your show before I started. <laughs> I made so many changes to my show, thanks to your advice, and my audience continues to grow and give me feedback. I love doing the show, and I really have fun doing it. But recently, my wife's mom got really sick, and we've had to spend a lot of time helping her and caring for her. It's taken away a lot of time I could use to podcast, and even when I do have the time, I rarely have the energy for it. I banked a few episodes, but they are running out now. What can I do to keep my show going? Or is it okay to step away for a little bit and come back to the show later? Thanks so much for your time, guys. I really respect your opinions and appreciate any advice you can give me. Thank you so much. Way to pat yourself on the back there again, SP. Way to go. That's just just awkward and uncomfortable now. Again, I thought we were <laughs> trying to fool our audience and that these were coming from other people. So yes, this has happened to me not just once, but twice. It happened last year and it happened this year. Two separate issues. And I had to step away for a few episodes of different shows. Now, Better Podcasting, we agreed that we would like to keep that going because we wanted to keep that good advice going out to everybody. But other shows took a little bit of a hit. I, I have stepped away from Gonna Geek a couple of times now, and I, I really didn't want to. We really talked about it this past time, and I'm, I'm really hoping to get back in a couple of weeks now. Unfortunately, I had a little setback, but I'm really hoping to get back to that. And then with the other shows, with Starling Tribune and Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D., I've had to step away from those as well, or we haven't recorded on given weeks. And that does hurt when you're talking about a weekly show. But I will say, if you're dealing with stuff in your personal life and you're dealing with a hobby podcast, so you don't have advertisers that you're beholden to or anything, your family comes first, your personal life comes first, and you need to get that in order in order to podcast. So I've done this a couple of times. Steven, I know that you have done it on a few weeks where you couldn't be around because of personal thing. Matter of fact, this whole summer with Gonna Geek, you stepped away for, or we changed recording times on Gonna Geek so you could do some family stuff. So yeah, we are big advocates and family first. And uh, that if you can keep your podcast going through whatever means, you know, using co-hosts or whatever, I think that's great. But if it comes down to it, podcasting is is not the thing that's going to keep your life going forever. So you need to pay attention to those things. One of the things that I want to highlight right now with this as well is uh, I thought that SP was very creative when he had this come up. Um, he ended up really sort of putting on hold the video side of things for one of his shows. I know that that sort of took a bit of uh, a back burner. But the other thing as well that he did was he got comfortable with the fact of of releasing content in a less frequent manner, but also less edited. 
and it went back later and fixed that so that future people could and I thought that that was really worthwhile for him to do that so he could keep that going out. He didn't end up putting out like content where it sounded like he was using a tin can and strings or anything like that, or everybody was always over talking and things like that, but it was less edited and that's hard for SP. Anybody that's watched SP's editing walkthrough, you know that he is dedicated to getting all of those little nuances. And so I thought it was very creative to change sort of his personal level of what he felt was acceptable to go out. So there you go. You've looked a little bit into the ether of SP and SJ, this, this better pod back segment. We wanted to do that because this is our 200th episode and who knows how many more will go. I heard that SP is not going to sign the contract for the next 200. I heard that he's holding out. So who knows? But uh, we thought it was a good, no, we thought it was just a fun time to go back and look at some of the challenges that we've had. And obviously we sort of tied this to a, the, the idea, the concept behind how I save my podcast stories. We wanted to really highlight these challenges that we've had and things that we've overcome. So hopefully you feel a little more confident as you go into some of your challenges. And just so you know, things come up and you can get through it, especially, especially when you're getting tired of doing better podcasting as SP is. You're just uh, gunning to get fired again, aren't you? <laughs> if you have something that you'd like to say to us, please get in touch with us through any of the ways we would absolutely love to hear from you. You can go ahead and email us to podcast at betterpodcasting.com. You can find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash betterpod and head on over to facebook.com slash betterpodcasting. And we will have that in the future while we were recording here live, we asked everybody what their favorite episode of Better Podcasting was, and we had four different people respond to our poll, and we had seventy. someone say 78, the cruel reality of starting a podcast. We had someone say episode 14, first show with a guest, brackets Chris, also a line that has served as a piece of our one thing in 2019 episode video coming soon. Was that you, SP? Did you write that down? Was that you that no, submitted that? I, okay. I, I have not submitted anything uh, okay. in the poll this week. <laughs> we also had someone say the International Podcasting Day episode. That was fun. And we had someone say episode 15, which I, I'm not sure, but I'm going to assume that it was episode 15 just because they liked the number 15. Or perhaps that's because that was to do with the video podcasting, all about the simple method of video podcasting, which... There are some takeaways there, but probably not many anymore. There's probably not many. <laughs> yeah, RIP Blab. Sorry about that. RIP Hangouts on Air. I know that's also in there. <laughs> yeah, that's that's gone now, too. Well, SP, it's been an honor to have podcast with you for the past 200 episodes on here, even though I've missed a few. I've appreciated your support as I've been away some of these times. I don't take a ton of time away from the GunnaGeek.com show I have, but here... You're always very, very quick to step up and be willing to produce the show and put it together. I really appreciate that. And it's been fantastic podcasting with you for 200 episodes. And I look forward to many, many more. I also want to take this opportunity to thank all of our audience, our live audience, our after audience, the audio, the video viewers, everybody who checks out our show through any of the ways it's great to interact with you. And, you know, we get a lot of people right now coming over to the Gunna Geek Discord that have come from Better Podcasting. And it really highlights how many people are listening. 
And I appreciate that. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you for your interaction. Yeah, thank you very much. And it has been fun be having two producers on this show. And if there is a time that Steven has to step away, I can go ahead and actually produce the show. And I have. And it's been fun being able to do that and being able to get the podcast out. It's not always the case, like in Legends of S.H.I.E.L.D. I know that a couple of my co-hosts could produce the show, but they haven't experienced, haven't expressed a desire to. So you have to take it how you can both ways. But we're very thankful that we're able to produce the show no matter what. And we're very thankful for you, our listener, for getting all the great feedback to us, the save, how I save my podcast stories, the questions that come in. I just got a question from a new podcaster this week and I had answered him a couple of times in some back and forth. Very excited to see anybody that is new to podcasting. I say this all the time to people that approach us either on Reddit or on our discord or via email. It is a fun time when you're starting up a new show, especially your first and it is a great time. And I often say this is a really exciting time because I remember how exciting and how much I really didn't know for those first couple of shows. And I know where you're at. And I know how fun it is. And just keep that fun going on because that is going to keep your podcast going on. Your podcast itself might not last forever, but you as a podcaster can last a long time. Before we close up, one last shout out, special extra shout out to all of the people who have waited patiently for us to respond to emails. And by us, I mean SP. He is the far better between the two of us to respond to emails. I will admit that any day of the week and twice on Sundays. SP, thank you for that. And thank you to everybody who has been patient. And I'll do the Canadian thing. My apologies for anybody who was missed because of our lack of responding. So thank you very much. So there you go. That's going to go ahead and wrap it up for another episode of Better Podcasting. I'm Stephen John Drew saying thank you very much for checking out this show. We greatly appreciate everybody who comes by. And please check us out live on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern. We look forward to seeing you guys next week. Bye. See ya. Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew of Gunna Geek Productions. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching. And we hope to see you again next week.